you guys. Good morning. How has the week been? Great? Good. Let's read the scripture and then we'll dive right into it. Uh, it's from John, the Gospel, chapter 5, 1 through 9. John chapter 5, verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? And sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. And we pray. Hallelujah. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your presence in this place. And I pray that this word will come so live to us today. This ancient words would become so true to today as it has been for me in the past few months and would speak to us and allow us to pick up our mat and walk in the direction that you want us to walk. We are here to hear from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So uh, this is a passage that we are all very, very familiar uh, with. And the question that Jesus asked here, do you want to be well? In other trans translation, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be whole? Is a, is a very odd question. Because if a person's been lying there for 38 years and Jesus would come and ask him, do you want to be well? I would say, I did not know it was up to me to be well. I did not know it depended on me to be whole. That is why I have been waiting here. But Jesus would ask these questions and it reminded me of the time when the Israelites were in Egypt in slavery and they would cry out to God. Cry out to God because they've been in slavery for so long. And it, it says that God heard their cry from heaven. He remembered the covenant that he made to their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he came down and he came down to deliver them. The God of the universe came down to rescue them because he heard their cry. But in that moment, you realize that it wasn't as simple. It was complicated because it would take the next 40 years to get them into where God wanted them to get to. So Jesus would come and ask him, do you want to be whole? So the question isn't as simple, obviously. His answer would lead uh, and would show us that. But he has been laying there for 38 years. And this man, John, does not tell us his name. But he does tell us how many years he's been there. How many years he's been there. His name doesn't seem relevant. And that number 38, for that part of the world, as we all know by now, numbers are very significant, right? And 38, let me just say just a small thing about that. 38 is old. 40 is new. 
40 is the beginning of something new, and 38 is the end of a certain season. So if you're 38, you're way too old, and if you're 40, you're young. <laughs> 38 is the end of an era, and 40 is the beginning. It's the new beginning. The Israelites would wander in the wilderness for 39 years, and the 40th year was the new in the new promised land, right? And uh, if you remember, we've talked about this from this pulpit. Uh, Matthew chapter one would list Jesus as genealogy, and if you count right, either you count 38 or 39, depending on uh, or not you add Jesus into it. And it was also we have talked about this before. Uh, from Adam to Jesus, it wasn't 39 people or 40 people. It was thousands of people, but the writer is trying to signify something. It's the beginning of something new. We had just finished an era. We're coming into something new, and that was also the number of times Jesus was whooped, uh, and uh, the stripe in his back was 39. Because if they hit him one more time, if they hit him 40th, for the 40th time, they would shift him into the new world. He would die. So they would stop at that point, and they changed a method of torture. So they're now teaching us here. He's now choosing the number 38 for a reason. This man has been laying in this condition for that long, and he had been exhausted. He had been hoping. He had been waiting. He had been trusting, and he's he's been now vexed. He's tired. It is also in that time where Israel was. They have been oppressed by the Romans. They needed a new rescuer, a helper, a restorer, a savior. They had come to that season in their season where they needed to be effective and whole again. I don't know about you all, but I feel even in the body of Christ, we have come to that season where we need a restoration of faith, the ignite for our passion to be ignited again. And even individually, to be productive again, to be impactful again, to be productive and fruitful. Amen. And so I don't know. Do, do you agree with me? Do you feel that way? Because it does, if it does, if you don't feel that way, then maybe this word is not for you. Um, and I would like us for us to go back to that scenery in that moment where he's lying there for 38 years and do this, lying there like this horizontally. And look at this this way. If you if you if you stay that way for a little while, it gets a bit disorientating. For so he's been that way, horizontal living for 38 years, where things are distorted, misconstrued. His view of the world and those around him is a bit shifted in the wrong direction. He, he he's surrounded by people who are lame, who maybe maybe able to walk but not have consistency. You know. Maybe limp a bit and walk straight again, and then limp again. And there have been blind people that lack foresight and direction and purpose and vision. And I have so many people walk up to me and say, "What is the purpose for my life?" And they would have seemingly effective jobs, but still wondering, "Lord, what is the purpose for my life? I need a vision again." Amen. And there, and, then, and there had been people who are paralyzed, who can't even walk at all. And there had, there's no wheelchair at the time. So if people move you, move you. Otherwise, you're staying there. And so he stayed, this man, with this worldview for a long time. And sometimes when you live in dysfunction for so long, it becomes the norm. 
But as long as the soul lives in you, the breath of God in you, you know it's off place. Something is not in order. You feel it inside, but you go with the motion. You create community horizontally. And he had community horizontally. And sometimes we are feeling so ineffective, but we're busy. Let me tell you a story. Last year, or a grade one, Banaya uh, uh, came back from school and said, my third child, my son, came back from school and he said, oh, today we had a certain project and they told us to write, to draw our family and to write out what your parents do. So I'm like, I'm so excited to see what he would say that I do. And he said, he said I said, Baba would preach and would teach at, at, at church and he would even make uh, barbecue sauce and ketchup and he would do these things. And, he would, and I said, okay, and I'm so excited to hear what I would do, right? And he probably would say she talked to people, counsels people, or she writes some and sometimes she teaches or what. And he said, my mom be busy. <laughs> And I said, child, what does that mean? <laughs> he said, you do nothing, you'll be busy all day. <laughs> well, sometimes that's us, right? We're busy. Not doing anything, just busy. <laughs> um, but the question that Jesus poses to this man really gives us an insight to why he is asking this question. And he would ask, do you want to be well? I want us to really focus and ask ourselves, do you want to be well? It says, are you ready to be well? Are you ready for a restored faith? Are you ready for that? And that question is asking, his body is the one that needs healing. But the question is not for his body, it's for his soul. He's asking his desire, he's asking where his want resides, where his passion resides. He's asking, what is it that you want? And he's asked, you know, I love Jesus in this way. He, he doesn't do one thing twice, you know. Every solution to each of our lives is tailored just to me and just to you. He's that intentional. And there was one other time that uh, he asked a similar question, but not exactly that. And he says, what do you want from me? And don't discount what you want. Awaken your wants. Even Jesus validates your wants. Because to will and to desire is placed there by God himself. What is it that you want? Do you want to be whole? And basically he's saying there's a gap between where you are now and where you want to be. There's a gap. And he's asking him to focus in and to zero in to empty that gap and bring in zero space between the two. Amen? Zero space between the two. But there are things that have filled that space for this man. Because the question is not that simple for him. Jesus would come and says, what do you want? And his answer goes, well, I have no one. I have no one to pull me and throw me into the pool as the water stirs. And when I try to get in, somebody else sabotages my effort. Somebody else takes my space, my place. So he, he, he's, uh, he's been in that 
condition for so long, so long that the condition has gotten into his soul. So when he got into that place 38 years ago, he came looking for healing for his body. But things have changed. It's been five years and eight years and 10 years and 18 years and he's hoped and hope deferred makes the heart sick, Proverbs 13. And here it's now no longer I need a healing for my body. It has become now I need validation. I need somebody to believe in me. And he's saying, nobody thinks I'm worth the stir. Nobody wants to, to waste the stir enough to throw me when the water stirs. You see, the water stirs every now and then. Every once in a while, the angel would start. Somebody has to believe in me to pick me up and to consider me worthy of the stir, worthy of that moment because it wouldn't come for a while. So he's saying nobody would invest in me. Nobody would see me as useful. Nobody would approve me. Nobody would justify me. Nobody sees me as worth it. And so in that moment, Jesus comes and says, what do you want? He has rehearsed this thing for so long. The question is as a yes and no question, but he wouldn't say yes or no. He has already meditated it so much that that is the first thing that comes out of his mouth. Nobody believes in me enough. And, and, and Jesus, you see, he would, you see, Jesus is an, very incredible. He had come and he would tell him, look, what do you want? And I, I, I really want us, you know, I don't know. This Usually, you know, when you study the word of God, sometimes it's informational. Sometimes it's motivational. But sometimes, every now and then, where, or a lot of time, it's very transformational. And for me, it was that way, this word. It was asking me, I need you to close in the gap and look what is taking the space between the two. What are the reasons you are giving for not being all that you want to be? And be honest. Let's be honest. I, I took a pen and a paper and started writing down, and I encourage you to do that. Because you do have valid reasons why you're not where you want to be. For this man, if I were him, if the healing didn't come by the fifth year, by the eighth year, by the tenth year, by the twenty-eighth year, it's time to go home. Right? Why? The only reason he would stay is probably because he really can't move. It's valid. Out of sheer frustration, I would crawl myself out of there. And he really doesn't have anybody to pick him up, at least take him home. Just watch TV. It's not happening. But he really doesn't have anyone. So his excuse is reason and, uh, real. So if you were honest and if you take pen to paper and write down your reason why you are not who you want to be, you'd be surprised. How many names show up on there? How many conditions show on there? How many situations go in there? It, it'll be the, your mother who's gone long. It'll be somebody from long back then who didn't allow you to have the right education. You weren't born in the right home with the right amount of money. There is a lot of reasons. I encourage you to do it because there is an answer for it. 
in Jesus. There is an answer that will confront that reasoning. Because as much reason as we have, they can stay reason and they could still keep the gap open. They will never be bridge to help us cross to where we want to be. They will just never be. And so this man had listed. But the, word, the interesting thing I want us to keep in mind is if you're in that uh, place and if you could visualize the place and there, like I said, I've created community and they're horizontally having conversation, they're having coffee and they're having relationships, uh, somewhat of a, a functional situation there that works for them. And every now and then, somebody would jump in the pool and guess their breakthrough, right? And there would be a shout, I'm healed, I'm healed from over there. And did you see what happened? He's got his uh, breakthrough. He, he received what he wanted. And there will be, everybody will pick up their heads and will start, look. The first year you see and it would become a testimony to your soul. Oh, one day it will happen for me too. On the fifth year, maybe it will be. But it will be less and less that. And more and more of who does he have to push him in there? Every now and then when you hear the stir, it'll become, what kind of education did she have to allow her to accomplish X, Y, Z? Who does she have? What does she have in her arsenal to accomplish that? And what, does that, what that does is, yeah, it will give us enough reason to stay out of the game, to keep ourselves out of the equation, to write off ourselves. Does that make sense? It'll only be A, I'm happy for her, but it's because she has so-and-so. So I don't have to. I can be lazy here spiritually. I don't have to push anymore because I don't have that. She has. Does that make sense? Uh, so it becomes a crutch now. It's no longer, those people will no longer be they're not actually holding us from becoming who we want to be, but we're holding on to them as a reason, an excuse, and a way to write ourselves off from the equation. It's those people who promise to do X, Y, Z, and they fail. It's not my fault. It's like the kids do it. It's not my fault. She did it. And we, if we could write it down, it'll help us close the gap. It will never help us to get there. And what are, who are the people you've given so much power to derail your life's purpose? I'm no longer going to do this because they did X, Y, Z. You're being derailed from your original purpose. So we have created. Now God is asking us to empty the trash. To empty the trash that's in between the two. And I've, you've have, you have your apps, right? And sometimes it takes too much space, so you delete pictures and apps. And Well, not apps, but if you deleted a lot of pictures, they would just save somewhere in the trash, right? They're in the trash, but they're still taking space. Right? They're, they're still taking your memory space. Unless you empty the trash for real. That is what God is wanting him to do. To really... Not just delete and save it in the trash to recover later when you want it. To really, really delete it. And so uh, he comes to this man and gives him time. Or the man should take time. And 
And, and if, what I did, and I hope you do, is just that, what I said. You write it down, you wrestle with it, you find the right scripture to battle it. If you don't know how to find that scripture, find somebody that you have access to to help you. But it is very important to empty the space, to create zero space, so that we can move from the vertical life, from the horizontal life to a vertical living, an upright living, a straight living. When you see the original story of Adam, Adam was a vertical, an upright man. <laughs> you know, one time, you know, God brought all the animals before uh, Adam. You know, the, the Bible never says that he asked Adam to name them. But he just brought the animals before Adam to see what he would name them. And Adam was so full of validation. He didn't have anybody to ask for approval. So he was so validated, so loved, so comfortable. He would just walk, say, lion and tiger. And it would be that. He didn't have to be given the job. He had the call in him and he was going to act freely in that calling. Amen? So, you, so what if I tell you, Jesus is coming and to, this, to this man and is telling him, uh, what do you want? And the man is constantly focused on that rectangular box on the corner, the pool. Nobody would put me into that pool. I just want to fit in the box. And Jesus is saying, the box is irrelevant. I am the pool you need. I am the water you need. I am the healing you need. I am the resurrection and life. I am all the power that you need and I am here. He's saying, the box you're trying to fit in, the box everybody wants you to fit in, it's useless, it's pointless, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. You don't need it. To do what you want to do, that's not what you need. And, and I love this when it never tells us the story how he got healed at what point. But you see, verse 9, I, I've heard uh, many times that uh, it was said that he, God has just told him, get over it, just Pick up the bed and go. That's not what it says. In verse 9, it says that he healed him or he was cured. And then he picked up his mat and went. So at some point, a healing has taken place in his life. You know, most of the time when Jesus heals, he would pick up mud and put it on, his, on their eyes. Or he would touch the dead man. Or he would do something. He would hold the hand of that young girl. He would do something. But in this story, you don't know at what point the healing takes place. He just, Jesus just came to him. He started conversating with him. And at some point, he was cured. His encounter with Jesus had made him whole. And that was all he needed to be whole. An encounter with Jesus was all that he needed to be made whole. And that is what we need for a restoration of our faith. To ignite our passion again right now in 2020. This verse, this question becomes very relevant. And the Holy Spirit is asking us this question. Do you want to be whole and close the gap? And all you need is an encounter with Jesus. And you know how we, when we say encounter with Jesus, sometimes we think that we encounter Jesus through songs or through study of the word or prayer. And all of that is good. Uh, but the actual touching and encountering Jesus clearly uh, uh, fully happens in the place of faith and desperation for his presence. There is no formula I can give you. I wish I did. 
But if you're desperate enough, you'll find him. If you would stretch enough, you'd find him. But that contact is the only thing that will bring that wholeness and that freedom and that healing. And this, and this, man, this man has found it. Do you want to be effective? Do you want to be impactful? You know, when I, when sometimes you see social media, and uh, it would be a picture, a picture of a person wearing these uh, Hawaiian shirt and their feet in the water, having a splash of an amazing pink drink. I don't know what it is. It's usually pink. And it has an umbrella in it. And they're sipping out of it. And then the caption goes, living my best life. <laughs> and I'm like, you mean your best Instagram photo? Because your best life isn't what you eat, isn't what you wear. It isn't. Your best life is the impact you make in your neighbors. You're a human being. You are made after the image of God. You are powerful. You are a source of healing to pass through you and touch others. That is impactful life. That is your best life when you actually become impactful. And when you become a healing to others. It's not when you have the buildings. When you have the houses. And when you have the cars. But if you really solve many problems and heal many lives, maybe you'll have those things. But that's not your best life. What we're hungry for in this generation, what we're yearning for in this generation is to be useful. Useful. Even a tissue is useful. But you are made after the image of God. And we put on our makeup, we, we, we look good, but after a while, you know, gravity will take effect, everything is going down south. I mean, you're not going to stay pretty. You might as well be impactful and useful. And when you're old and gray, you're still graceful. You have nothing to hide, nothing to cover. It's coming for you. It's coming for all of us. It's, an, it's, it's a very interesting thing. Amen? Amen? The legitimate question has to lead us to be effective and powerful. So let me ask you again. Do you want it? Do you really want it? Because no one is standing between you and it except your own reasonings. And we can empty that box. You can be emptying that box and you can live your best life. You can. And what if I told you that you did not need anybody's approval? Because Jesus heals him and he tells him, pick up your mat and go. Pick up your mat and go on the Sabbath. Jesus is a beast. I mean... Why though? Why? The why? You know? It's the Sabbath. I mean, like, why stir problems? Just heal the dude and look, let's, let him go home and have lunch. No, he says, pick up your mat and go. I'm going to show you how you don't need nobody's approval. And so he walks out. Okay, you can clap. <laughs> so he walks out with his bed on his shoulder, 
And the religious leaders are like, no, 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 that's not allowed. You can't do that. You got to put that down. You can't dress that way. You can't be free. You can't carry that. It's the Sabbath. Because they're more committed for that rectangular box than they're committed to his freedom. They're committed to the institution than they are committed to his freedom. But Jesus was like, go stir it. And he, when they came to him, you can't do that. He said, the man who healed me, the one who set me free, he's the only one who has the authority to tell me what I can and cannot do. Who did it? I don't know. There's a man who set me free after 38 years of horizontal. There's a man who made me vertical and I can walk freely. He's the only one who has the authority in my life to tell me what I can and cannot do. You can live free. I mean, you'd be surprised how you can walk boldly. And sometimes people who are horizontal, you know, they take too much space, too much space of ineffectiveness. And when you are about to walk up straight and vertical, you got to tell them, collect yourself. Get your foot out of the way. <laughs> Get your foot out of the way. I'm about to walk. Amen? And he gets up and he starts walking. And he starts to walk around free. And Jesus is telling him, I am all that I need. It's the 38th year. A new day is about to dawn. A new light is about to come. A new order of living is about to happen. If you would enter into this pool, you will have a free life. You will have a whole life. Amen? So if you wanted... The question was for him to be justified and liked and approved. But before you woke up today and did anything, you were liked by God. You don't have to wait for another Facebook like. God is like, 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 to eternity like. You are liked. You are favored. You are accepted. Amen? All you got to do is wake up and tell the mirror that. You are loved. You are accepted. And Jesus is saying, I am the whole life that you need. I am the pool that you need. And so I am here to tell you and myself, there is no space between who I want to be and who I am other than the ones that I made. Other than the ones only I can empty. Amen? Do not allow others to derail you from the purpose that you have have been created. Amen? If you'd stretch, and stretch for the encounter with Jesus, you can be all that he wants you to be. Amen? Whatever the other person has, the help that she has, maybe she needs it. But for your life, for your purpose, for you, that is not what you need. You don't have to have what she has. That's what she needs. You don't need it. Amen? You have all that I need, that you need for a godly life. Amen? Let's stand up. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Just give ourselves a moment so that we're not just entertained, but we're really truly transformed. So that we have picked up our own mat, maybe walked a little, taken a few steps. Do you really want to be whole? Do you want your faith restored? Do you want to believe again? 
like you did once? Do you want to feel the fire of God like you did once? Do you want to drag people off the street into the house of God like you did once? And bring life to those around you and make somebody pick up their mat and walk a little? Be impactful? Bring hope to the world? Do you want to stretch to Jesus for an encounter one more time? Would you just stretch your hands for, by faith for an encounter with Jesus? One more time. To empty out the space that it takes. That space that's between who you are and who you want to be. Give no excuse, no power to anybody. This is your life. The gift of God is life. It's a gift. It's your life to live. It's your life to live unapologetically. To be who you are. You don't need anybody to like But if you live that authentic life, many will. Amen. Let's stretch our hands and say this prayer. I just want to touch you, Lord, one more time. I just want to touch that life, that power one more time. Set me on fire one more time. Set me on fire one more time. Restore the passion one more time. Get me back on the right track one more time. In the name of Jesus. Again, that life one more time. That life one more time. You are the life and the resurrection. You are all that I need. A to Z. Alpha, Omega. You are everything that I need. Fill me up one more time. In Jesus' name, amen.